Everybody, welcome to another new episode of Beyond the Album Cover. This your boy, Jay Mace, where we take a look at an album and explain its significance within music history. So thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. And remember, you can listen to our couple episodes on Anchor, Breaker, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. All right, so be sure to do that. And also go to facebook.com forward slash beyond the album cover to stay updated with all things related to the show. Now, the album we're going to take a look at today is a great album in terms of late 90s teen pop. And it rode the wave of pop becoming big again in America within the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's NSYNC's 1998 self-titled U.S. debut. And on the album cover, you have five guys and one of them will later go on to achieve solo success but if we take a look at the 1998 album it was pretty much a repackaged version of their international debut album which was released two years prior but they just redid some songs in order to appeal to the u.s market such as i just want to be with you which was written and produced by r&b group full force who did work on Backstreet Boys, All I Have to Give, and for Barrio Boys on the How We Roll album, 1995. And when you heard NSYNC sound, you knew that they were a tad bit different from Backstreet. While Backstreet Boys' harmonies were more R&B based, NSYNC's was poppy, had a little bit of an R&B feel due to Justin Timberlake's obvious influences by acts such as Michael Jackson, Prince, etc. And it set the stage for them to say, hey, we're going to capitalize on what Backstreet Boys is doing over here in the States. And we have enough room for us to be able to go and conquer the world, which they went and did after this album. And it set the stage for them to release their 2000 sophomore album, no Strings Attached, which at the time had the biggest record sales in one week. This was, remember people, this was pre-streaming, of course, and everybody still had to go to record stores to physically get either a cassette or a CD. And it was, I believe, 1.6 million sold within the first week. But that first album, to me really showcased their harmonies and you knew that Justin was going to be something special. And me personally, I felt JC was the better vocalist out of the group, but Justin just had that charisma, that star quality that makes you just want to stand up and say, wow, that boy is something. And he proved it after NSYNC put out the celebrity album which he had a big hand as far as production and songwriting. He put out his debut album the following year, Justified, and he's gone on to have a great, illustrious solo career. And a little tidbit about the U.S. debut album by NSYNC, it was my first time in hearing Sailing, the track that was made famous by Mr. Christopher Cross. NSYNC covered it. And it later led to other artists being covered of that particular song. And you just knew that 
once they explode in the U.S., there was really no turning back. And along with the album, Disney had a big part in helping with the launch and rise of NSYNC here in the U.S. You see, NSYNC, they did a Disney concert special around 98. And originally, it was supposed to go to the Backstreet Boys. But one of the members felt that they were too old for Disney. Well, not knowing that Disney is pretty much your primary target demographic because you got young girls, tweens and teenagers. So the person at Disney had to find a fill-in group or a job was on the line. So she found NSYNC. And once NSYNC did the special, sales of the album just grew and grew. And then also MTV and TRL with Carson Daly played a big part in NSYNC getting launched here in America and also the other teen pop acts during that time, such as Britney, Christina, Bashy Boys, 98 Degrees, etc. But it was a good opening start in what was to be a successful career for, for NSYNC, which was capped this year with them receiving a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And it was the first time in years that all five guys appeared in public together. So even though we're probably not going to get an NSYNC record anytime soon, that was the closest that NSYNC fans were going to get to seeing all five together in one place. And great production on the album from people the likes of full force and the bulk of it was done by max martin and dennis pop the guys of late 90s early 2000s team pop did their work out of sherion pop studios out in sweden so worked for backstreet boys nsync 3t robin ace of bass and the list just goes on and on to all the acts that they worked with worked with and helped launch over the years and that debut album for NSYNC to me I felt was greatly produced and it was a great idea to readjust the album for the U.S. market because when I interviewed Donna Wright some years ago on my other radio show she had stated that the European market was a lot different in terms of musical taste, how they're more pop friendly over there, very big on dance and electro, while America is much more a mixture of different genres, particularly R&B leaning when dealing with that type of pop music. So they had to readjust the album in order to appeal to different demographics and cultural taste. But it was a great call. And NSYNC was able to benefit and cash in off of it. So thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Beyond the Album Cover. And be sure to tune in next week where we're going to go inside the look of a classic R&B album that came out in the year of 1988. And that's I'll Be Sure's In Effect Mode. So remember, you can hear this episode of Beyond the Album Cover along with archival episodes on Anchor, Breaker, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. And be sure to go to facebook.com forward slash beyond the album cover to stay updated 
with all things with the show. And follow me on Instagram at J252NC. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. So until next week, see you later. Peace.